Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Back to Basics program with Rabbi El Shalom. On today's episode we are going to be talking about Adam Harishon, first human to ever live on planet Earth. What was plan A? What was plan B? We are going to dive deep into that on today's episode. I'm Israel Yudkowski. You are listening to the Foundations Podcast. Okay, here we are for the third episode of the Back to Basics program with Rabbi Liel Shalom. Today I am a bit more excited than usual, just mm. because last week I went with a great friend of mine up north and we went to Chase Ben Adam Harishon's caver. Mm. And now we're going to learn about Adam Harishon. So yeah, had to you know go through all the cows and bushes to find the caver, but... We got there. It was crazy. We were looking. It was right before Shkia, and it was like getting dark in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the forest. We were like running to make sure we could find it on time. We had no idea where it was. Wow. Like last second, we found it. Wow. So yeah, Rabbi Liel, take it away. Beautiful. That's He's the less famous, like people know Kain and Hevel immediately, but people forget also Chase later on in the in, in the parsha. Yeah. Oh, wow. What is Zuchut? Zuchut, what he's probably the... The oldest human that we know of, that, that we know of as caver. Oh, no, no. That, that was born. Oh, Machbela, sorry, sorry. Right. Adam, no, but the, the first bad. person that was born. First person that was born. That was right, born. Because Adam and Chava, right, were created. Okay. Yep. Okay, beautiful. Okay, that's a very good intro to today's episode that we're going to talk about Adam Arishan, or the first human on planet Earth. Sounds good, no? Yep. First human on planet Earth. So we know you look around and there is planet Earth and there's humans on it. And you wonder to yourself, where did it come from and how did it start? So obviously we're not going to talk about, you know, the science uh, behind it. We're going to focus more on a continuation of the two first episodes. Um, so, yeah. Let's go Make back sure to there listen. go listen to them. Be- and if you did listen to Defining God and the second episode, which we understood the purpose of creation is to earn. Earn. Yeah, someone, <laughs> someone, uh, someone. I'll mention him, Nehemia Seltzer at Tzadik. He, um, he made a shirt that you see, uh, that you see like the, the globe. And with the question mark, like, what's the purpose of the world? Mm-hmm. And underneath it, it says, earn with ease, earn. <laughs> okay, that's a t-shirt. Nice. Go buy, buy Nehemia Seltzer. So we're going to talk, after you understand the purposes to, to earn, let's see how did it play out. What was the plan? So in Chumash Bereshis and Parshish Bereshis, the Torah lays out exactly the story of how, how did it work? Right, and when you read in in Chumash the the story of Adam Rishon, um, you you really quickly could fall into what you know Mora Esti in kindergarten taught us. Um, and we, you know, she she did a, she did a good job for for kindergarten, right? She told us you know what can we barely under we can what can we understand in kindergarten, but Mora Esti did a great job 
for kindergarten explaining what happened. Other Mauritian, he was there, and then Chava came, right? Hashem created her from the Tzela. And then there was a tree called Eitzadas, and uh, there were nice, beautiful fruits there, and he desired it. He wanted it, and Hashem told him not to eat from it. He ate from it, and then Hashem punished him. That's what we learned in kindergarten. Now, <clears throat> nice story, it, nice story, nice story. But if you stay with it, uh, and and many other of the stories of the of the Torah, if we stay in that in that simple understanding, you know, we miss out. We miss out on uh, on really a lot of great stuff. So again, we're gonna go back to the basics and try to understand it <clears throat> according to what the Ramchal explains. Derech Hashem in a simplistic way. Obviously, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper in Kabbalah. So that we're not going to do that. But really, to simplify the Derech Hashem, the Ramchal, he simplified that we can wrap it up in a simple idea and understand and, you know, take it to the pocket. Now, so if Hashem's purpose, the goal in this world is to earn... So the first human is here. So okay. So what's his what's the situation that he that that Hashem gave him an opportunity to earn? So we only can know what whatever the Chumer says. The Chumer says that human was Hashem Natauto began Eden. Hashem put him in the Garden of Eden. Now what is that exactly? Where is that? Some people think it's uh in some far galaxy in a different, uh, you know, outside of the Milky Way. No, 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 no. Planet Earth. Ganeden is right here on this physical planet Earth. However, why was it called Ganeden? Because this world that we know was in a different situation than we know today. I mean, this is what this episode is about. The difference between what happened before the Chet and after the Chet, right? But Adam Arishan was in this world. His physical world, but the situation of the physical world was perfect, was in the, in the fashion of Gan Eden. Meaning, in very simple way, everything worked. Everything was perfect. Everything worked beautifully. Nothing was getting destroyed. Everything was a, just a beautiful cycle, you know, of growing and then redoing itself and reproduction. And everything was synchronized. Perfect system. Perfect, right? So imagine Adam Arishan, and now let's talk about him. He's also perfect, right? If Hashem, he's the first human, Hashem just created him, he should be really perfect. Okay, so we have a perfect human in a perfect world, meaning it works all together. It was so perfect that, uh, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but if you look in the Rashi, by Adam Levado, Hashem said it's not good that the human will be alone. I should and then Hashem created Chava, right? So Hashem separated them. That's a whole different uh, story. Um so you see Rashi over there says that uh, based on Midrashim that you know he didn't want the mistake to happen, that human will make a mistake of thinking just like there's one God. So there's also one human. So without getting too deep into it, it that he's not going to think of himself as a god, that's why he will be two. If you remember this year, the first year that everything in this world is two. 
you know, if the human would think he's one, he would think he's a god, god. right? And we know he's not. So we know he's not the god that we defined it in the first episode. So that's why Hashem had to do it. But you understand, based on what we just said before, why would he f- get to it? Because everything was working beautifully together in beautiful harmony. Okay? Fine. So now what? So what's the, what's the first problem we're facing here? So if everything is working beautifully together, so? Why did he eat from Eitzadas if God told him not to? Right. Why, why did he do the one thing he wasn't allowed to? If he was perfect, then everything should be good. Like, what pulled him to go do wrong? Right. So right before we get to Eitzadas, I think first we need to bring him a challenge. I mean, if the whole idea is to earn, you only earn when you kind of work for it. So where does the work over here if everything is just like he's just chilling, right? Everything is easy, you know. Right, exactly. So, he, no, he wasn't chilling. He had actually, the Chumash immediately says, within the first Pesukim, that Hashem put him there, Le'ovda Shomra. So, again, getting very simple over here means Le'ovda to work in Gan Eden, in this world, and Le'shomra, and to guard it. Now, whatever that means, not going, that's, uh, you know, deeper concepts, but in simple words, he had mitzvahs to do. He had commandments. God told him he had tasks. Go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. And now he ha- he's working. He's actually working for, uh, in this world. He's doing what God, God told him, go do so and so. And he's going and doing it. Beautiful. Let's clap our hands. Still a problem. <clears throat> Wait. If everything is beautifully working together, other version is good. So still I'm struggling. Okay, so he's going to work. Of course he's going to listen to God. Of course he's going to do whatever God says. Why wouldn't he? Would you do anything any any different? If you have no problems, everything is working, and you have... Hashem tells you to do something. Of course, I'm gonna do. Why yeah, should no, I do it? If there's no challenge, then I mean, of course I would. Oh, but you just said the 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 question again, again. Even if he's going and doing God's will, and he's actually working on guarding whatever that means, right? But still, I don't see a challenge of him not doing it, wanting not to do it. Okay. Touching a little bit of free will. We're going to have a whole episode explaining free will. But he didn't have this real choice. Everything worked for him. Right? So Hashem puts... So also the Pesukim immediately explain that Hashem tells him that there is this tree in this world. We'll see what kind of tree. Called Eitz Hadas. What does Eitz Hadas mean? The tree of knowledge. Okay. Did you ever see a tree of knowledge you throw? Nope. You never saw a tree of knowledge? Never saw it. Probably looks awesome, no? Yeah. I'd probably be in Harvard if I would ever see one of those. <laughs> tree of knowledge. What is the tree of knowledge? So, um, you know, we shouldn't forget the continuation of the Pasuk. It doesn't say the tree of knowledge and you finish the Pasuk. It says the tree of knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Not what you learn in Harvard. Not universe, Not knowledge. Tree of knowledge of good and bad. Eitz hadas tov vera. The tree 
that enables you to know the good and the bad. What, so before when Adamration was created, he didn't have good and bad? Oh, that's the correct question to ask right now. So what was before? I mean, this tree, only if you eat from it, so you know good and bad. So before you eat from the tree, you don't know good and bad? So what did he know? That's exactly the point we find out. If we find out this point in this episode, you made big cash. That's the point that we're trying to get to. So slowly, slowly, we'll get to it. So Adam Arishan, he's Hashem gives him this tree that you can know the good and bad. Now, Adam Arishan knows that the purpose of this world is to earn. Nahan? Yep. So think about it. Adam Arishan, and, and so like the Ramchal puts it, Adam Arishan didn't have internally any will to do bad. You hear this? Internally, he had, we today, we recognize if you jump into 2020, right? Um, if you jump into today, when unfortunately people do something bad, let's talk about something that, you know, universally everyone agrees that it's bad. So everyone understands and relates to this idea that, you know, you wanted to do bad. It was your will, kind of, sometimes, when, whenever you do something bad, think about it. You wanted to do bad, you know? Maybe later on you regret it or whatever, but there was a will to go and do bad. Although, you know, later on we're going to talk about it. There's a very famous Rambam about this point, about wanting to do bad. But um, but in simple words, uh, for now, this will be good enough for us. So back to Adam Arishon. He didn't have any option of wanting to do bad for inter- internally, says the Ramchal. Only externally. And let's explain that. What does it mean his choice between good and bad was external, was outside of him, was in his knowledge? Adam Arishon is walking by that tree every day. Like, I'm making a hypothetical situation, right? But that was the idea. He walks next to the tree and he says, wait a minute. Right now, if I go and do God's will, I'm going to get a reward. Because I'm I'm doing what God told me to do. And I'm going to get a reward. He's going, he's going out of his way, he's working. However, he knows, he knows, and Hashem lets him know, that's the whole point over here. He knows that if he's going to eat from this tree of knowledge, what is a tree? Tree is something that grows and has fruits, right? That nourish you. In the fruits, there is nourishment. So think of the Eitzadas, the same idea in fruit, just in knowledge. Okay, there's something that grows over here that that has a fruit of good and bad that nourishes you with the good and bad. Okay, imagine you would eat that fruit, it will go into your body, right? And now your body internally has the good and bad. So obviously we're talking about more of a spiritual tree that was tied to physical, but the this concept of a tree which has fruits, which nourish you, in our in our case, it was nourishing you with the good knowledge of good and bad, meaning internally. So Adam Arishan knows. Well, just, just quick, I'm having a little hard time understanding. What does it mean that it was outside of him and then inside of him? Like there, there was good and bad, it just wasn't influencing him? Like how did it work exactly? So the, so the, in, the internally we understand very clearly. Right. Yeah. What we're having a hard time to understand, and, and it's very understandable that you don't understand it in this point, because internally we understand. 
what that we want to do good or bad right what does it what does it mean to externally to want to do good and bad and that's the point other marishan passing by that tree and he knows that if he eats from the tree he's going to know good and bad and here comes the point he still believed he hoped he wanted whatever you call it but he wanted to bring the good and bad inside him, and yet he says, I'll still choose the good. I'll bring the good and bad inside me, still choose the good, and then my earning will just be 10, who knows how much more, right? It will insignificantly grow. Mm, kind of the bigger the challenge, the Sorry, bigger the reward. Sorry, it will significantly bro- grow. I said, I said the wrong word. Huh. It, will, it will significantly grow. Yeah, because if... The bigger the challenge, the bigger the reward. So if he doesn't have a challenge, if before he ate from the Yitzhadas, everything is just going for him and he just does it, then, yeah, you get a reward because you did it, but it wasn't a challenge. Right. But if now you go and you bring the good and bad into you, so now every time you do something, you do have a challenge, so I'm going to choose the good. And then because it was a bigger of a challenge, even though I did the same thing, it was a bigger of the challenge. So I'm going to get a bigger reward. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So he believed, he sees this tree and he says, I can earn more. Exactly. I, c- I see an opportunity of more earning. That's, which that's the whole purpose of the world, to earn. Which, which to begin with, exactly. So now he sees this tree and that's the explanation of desiring the tree. Right? It's not that he saw an apple tree, you know, Makhluk is what tree it was, but he saw a tree with beautiful red fruits and he's like, ah, he was drooling. Oh, I want this so badly. Oh, but God told me not to. That's obviously not the case. Let's get at, get that image out of your brain. Adam Arishon was the holiest of the holiest, the, the holiest human, right? Because he was the first. It's to think of him Stam desiring something, drooling over a beautiful red apple. That was not in his game. Okay. What he did desire now, we can understand his desire. His desire was, he said, God, you brought me to earn here. If I eat from this tree of knowledge, I'll earn a lot more. God, you, you want me to earn. You want me to earn. So, so I'll eat. On the other hand, wait. God told him not to. Now you see the struggle? Now you see the external struggle? It wasn't it's, like a it wasn't like his body pulling, ah, should I do this? But mm. I want this, but I want to sleep more, but I need to wake up. It was kind of more of a thought. It was all up in the head. Up in the head. Very good. Good way to put it. It was up in the head, which we would call external. It's in knowledge. It's not so much from his will. His will was just to do God's will. His internal will. He was he wouldn't have any inner um, uh, um, will to do to go against God's will. However, right now he has this—you uh, can call it intellectual challenge over here. Not an, um, from the inside. Nothing to do with emotions. No, 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 no. Just he knows. He, he sees this tree. He wants to. He he sees a bigger opportunity. On the other hand, God told him not to. Ooh, what a struggle. So what would you do? What would you do, Israel, in that situation? <laughs> Funny question. I don't know. It Good just question, comes no? to show you that 
when you don't have challenges, everything is just going easy. You have too much time to think. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So this is a, we cannot imagine. I'm going to get to assume why it was a very funny question when I just asked you, like, what would you do? It's a hypothetical question because we know what happened. We know what that, what other Marisha, you know, in, in the, in the Parsha or what the, what the story, uh, what happened at the end. But it's a very interesting question. What would he do? But we understand now the struggle that Adam Arishan was going through. So now, without going too, getting too technical in, in the story of the Torah, right? It came through the Nachash. Nachash basically is the, 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 the evil, the voice of the evil that Hashem created. Hashem created the evil, right? When we talk about the episode, we're going to talk about defining good and bad. So, um, we're going to talk about, you know, um, that Hashem created, um, the evil, right? For, for the, for the purpose, for earning, for the earning system. So the Nachash, the snake, he's basically the voice, you know, to try to promote the, the bad in the world. That was his job. His, his job was, to, so you know the whole story works that he convinced the the Isha the the Chava, his Adamarishan's wife. Why did it work that way? It could be a whole different episode of talking about you know emotion and logic. It's a long story, but um, not so much the purpose of our episode. The point is it came through the Nachash convincing he got through the woman, and the woman got through to Adamarisha. And Adam Rishon had that little, that he got to the struggle, he got to the point of, you know, friction of struggle with the tree. And then the desire of, you know, it, you, on one hand, it sounds like the greatest thing. No, he just wanted to earn more. He believed that if he's going to choose, uh, the good over the bad, he's going to earn a lot more. And that's what God wanted. Uh, but on the other hand, God said, do not do that. And uh, we know the end of the story. What happens at the end? He ate he, it. He, ate, he eats from it. He eats from eight sadas. And I'm not exaggerating. The world completely changed. The world went into plan B. Meaning, up to the point of eating from the tree of knowledge, there was plan A. The plan A was for Adam Arishan to grow, to, to expand, to practice his free will in an in external fashion, meaning not eating from the Eitzadas, that would be his crazy struggle. Every day he's going to pass by that tree. He really wants it, but he overcomes himself just because God said. And he's going to do all the mitzvahs, the l'shom, or everything he has, and he's going to move on and get promoted and get his re- reward. And olam haba, whatever that means, we're going to have an episode on that. Sorry I say that every second. Right? Yeah. A lot more coming, a lot yeah. more coming. <laughs> So, yeah, Adam Arishon had, so the world changed. Then he went into plan B. That was plan A. Plan B is the plan that we know. The plan that we're very, very familiar with. The plan that now the good and bad became internal. Now humans want to do good or want to do bad. Hey everyone, I'm interrupting this wonderful conversation to let you know about a fantastic, one-of-a-kind book that Artscroll has recently published 
titled On the Shoulders of Giants. Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, who was involved in leadership positions in Agadah Yisrael for over five decades, takes us behind the scenes to gain a unique understanding of Das Torah in all its glory. Rabbi Bloom met with Gedoli Yisrael at meetings of Moetzes Gedoli HaTorah and in quiet, urgent conferences. He chatted with them in cars and on Shabbos afternoons at conventions. He shares with us stories, many of them not widely known, of generations of greatness. From the Chafetz Chaim to Rev. Aaron Cutler and Rev. Meisha Feinstein, from the Ger Rebus and Rev. Aaron Leib Steinman to Rev. Don Segal and dozens and dozens more. We also meet the Jewish people's Askanim. We are amazed by first-handed stories of Mike Tress and, of course, the incomparable Rev. Meisha Sher. In his years in Agoda, Rabbi Bloom also met with the highest echelons of the U.S. government, and he shares his behind-the-scenes understanding of great political events and movements. It is a book you definitely should not miss. Get a copy today at artscroll.com, Amazon, or at your local Jewish bookstore on the shoulders of giants by rabbi shmuel bloom get your copy today i would also like to let you know that during the back to basics program every few weeks we will have a q a with rabbi leal shalom so if you have any questions or just want to get a little bit more clarity on any one of the episodes send us an email to jewishfoundations at gmail.com that is jewishfoundations at gmail.com now let's get back to the show What do you think happened with his plan at the end? Did his plan work out that he's going to put the good and bad inside him and um, and earn more? I mean, all you need to do is check history, right? All the humans came from Adamarishon. So we are a continuation of him. And like the, 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 the like we say in the Torah that his... Neshama was split into 600,000 600, parts. Okay, we're going to discuss that a little bit further. But um, we are all continuing his uh, his legacy, right? So what do you think happened at the end? Did he put the good and bad inside of him and, 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 and choose the good over the bad and earn more? Um, obviously, a lot of people have chosen the good, but there is also a lot of people throughout history who didn't choose good, who chose bad. You have Hitler in prison history. You go back, you have Hama, Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, there's endless amount of bad people. So I guess even though some people did end up choosing the good, but there are also a lot of people who end up choosing the bad. So, you, I mean, you would think that the plan didn't work out in the end. Yeah, right. Basically, so... Um, you're reminding me of once I sat with um, someone very, very smart that knew his history. Like he really knew the history, Jewish history and also, you know, the world's history. He really knew it well. And when we were discussing this point, so he started, you know, saying, uh, like just off the top, uh, top of his head, he was like throwing out endless of, like, like you started saying of terrible people that, you know, they came from Adam Rishon as well, like you were saying, Hitler, Nebuchadnezzar, Haman. And then I tried my best to compete with him, and I started saying good people. You know, I started from the very famous ones. You can start from Avram Avinu, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Shvatim, you know, people in the Dora Midbar, Aaron Cohen. All, a lot of the famous tzaddikim like Yeshua and on and on. A, a great people that did great contributions to the world and definitely will fit into the category of choosing the, 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 
the good over the bad. Like, I would take even extreme cases like Moshe Rabbeinu. The whole story of Moshe Rabbeinu, we see a person that came from from the worst of the worst, from the house of Paro. You know, it says in the Medrash that um, the, the Goyesh Chachomim, they were able to read the face. They had the Chachmah of Sapartzuf. They were able to look at someone's face and tell you about his, like, core nature. If he's a good person, he's a bad person, he's an achzer, he's a mean person. If he's a good person or a bad person, that's they had a way to look at the partsuf. And they said that on Moshe Rabbeinu, they see according to his chacham of his partsuf, like his core nature, was a, was a real dangerous man. It was a bad person. And you know what? Look what Moshe Rabbeinu turned himself into the biggest leader of Kal Yisrael, of the Jewish nation, that his story of his life is extraordinary. It's like one of the biggest uh, 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 stories, human stories, in our in our history. What he turned himself yep. to where he came from and where he got to, right? To Up to the level that, you know, that Hashem kind of, uh, he, he kind of finished his tikkun. Hashem took him, he, he, came, he went up whole. That's an incredible, so we can go on. And I was trying my best, giving him and going on and going to Maimonides and going, and not only Jewish, I was trying to tell him, like, people that did good stuff to the world, good contributions, good leaders that did good stuff in the world. And um, so we were, like, kind of having a battle back and forth. Um, he did a very good job in finding the bad people. And I told him, it's not fair because, you know, usually it's much easier to find the bad guys than the good guys. Yeah. It's not fair, but um, I was doing my best. And um, basically, I got to this idea that the, the obviously the story is not done, first of all. First of all, we know we have more years. The, the tikkun is not over. We have 6,000 years according to our Misora. How do we know this exactly for the Shirim, especially when we talk about the Olam Habit uh, podcast? Um, so we're going to discuss this more about where the 6,000 comes from. But, um, yeah, the, 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 the history is not over yet. Almost getting there. But, um, that brings you to an incredible thought that you, Yisrael, you have, you're, you are part of this, of, of Adam Arishan's, uh, uh, decision. And it's in your hands, meaning right now you have 780 years, 70, 80 years ahead of you. To determine, rather, if Adam Arishan was right in his, I mean, defa- his default would be corrected, will be okay. I could basically, I mean, me and anyone could and anyone. basically need to choose, make sure you actually, even though now you do have the internal struggle of between the good and bad, make sure to choose the good, and which was Adam Arishan's plan. Exactly. That's why in Kabbalah, what do we call it? We call it the Tikkun. In Kabbalah, we like to call it the Tikkun. What's the Tikkun? Base, if you understand the Chet of Adam Arishan, you can understand what's the Tikkun. Yeah, We're trying... What do you need to fix? Well, like, what problem are we trying to fix here? What, what's the, what, what are we trying to do? His idea of going, putting the good and bad inside us and still choosing the good. So, 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 so that's going to fix it. So choose yeah. the good. That's what you need to get to. And if you get to it, if you choose the good at the end of the day and not becoming a Hitler, so um, you obviously changed history. And history is up to us to determine. 
Again, we're going to get to free will. We're going to talk about how does the system work. That will be a very juicy podcast, right? Free will is always a good one. Yeah, yeah. It will be discussed. It's a very... Uh, so I'm kind of thinking now, is it possible for someone to reach that level of just always doing good, constantly doing good, kind of like even maybe getting the internal good and bad out of him? Or no, it's always in and everybody's going to always still be doing sometimes good sometimes bad you just need to obviously make sure you're doing more good than bad that's an excellent question um the the answer is a little bit more complex because then you're going to have to step in a little bit into gilgul reincarnation which which tells you it's not it's not really you really want to do the job within the 70 80 90 years that you have ahead of you hopefully 120 right you want to finish it in that time because we have this idea of Gilgal that sometimes Hashem in His mercy, He gives us many chances. But you don't know. It's not up to you exactly to determine. And I don't know how it's based. Hashem judges it in the what we call Dina Emes as on, you know, on rather are you worthy to get another chance or not. Okay? But when you have that chance, you want to grab it and do the best. Now, as look in history, look at people that in one part of their life, I meaning one Gilgal, they did incredible. They brought it up to such a level that maybe they, they did the whole job. But obviously, we're here because we didn't do our whole job, right? There's many tzaddikim that, you know, we don't really know this, but we know this from other tzaddikim like the Arizal, that they were a, a, a bucky in, in reincarnation. They knew exactly how it works you know um and they were able to tell you on some people where they're holding you know how much they've been fixing this Google and previous Google and what do they have to do and um this is a just something again uh, it's it's a very deep topic on its own you can make a whole um podcast just on Gilgal but in very short Gilgal gives you, I mean, you can find out your tikkun. It's not so hard, I would say. Again, this is like a side point going a little bit off. It's not so hard to figure out exactly what's your tikkun. You can kind of have a, like a hunch, like a, you can get the idea. A feeling. Of, a feeling. Like when, when, when someone is young, a teenager, probably will have a hard time to find out why because he's attacked in so many ways. He doesn't know his hormones are driving him crazy. He doesn't know where exactly he is. So Everything's he, an issue. Like, exactly. Everything <laughs> is attacking Everything's him. a challenge. <laughs> so not a good ride, a teenager. But as you grow and get older, you're going to realize, and I think I heard it from other people, I think it's, it's the story of every person in the world. You'll find an area or two, and, and mainly one, you sowed one foundation in your life that's really you're having a really hard time with is that one thing that rabbit hole that you always you know you get back to it and you fall into it again and again and again and i don't think you need to be a genius to start figuring out that if that's one of your biggest struggles in life that's your big money that's where you should invest everything into i mean it's pretty logical what i'm saying i don't think it's such a chiddish but um, what, what what we need to understand in Gilgal that Hashem does could give you more chances, but it's not up to you exactly. You don't know, right? You want to do your best, 
And why would you want to keep on coming and coming and coming and falling and stumbling on the same things over and over? Yeah, like we were saying last podcast is that Olam Haba really is, that's where we get everything. Hashem just put us in this world to kind of, you know, the more the the more struggles you go through and you work harder to overcome them, basically the harder you work, the bigger the reward. So basically out there in Olam Haba, it's, that's where we get all the good. Here in the world is where we go through all the struggles. So why would you want to go through all the struggles again and again if you could just, you're here now, finish up the hard work and go chill. Yeah, go chill in Olam Haba. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. Okay, we'll get to that too. Yeah. We have to understand. It has to be more than chill, right? So yeah, we're going to have a stay tuned for uh, in a while. But anyways, let's now come come back with that idea that you just said of yeah taking advantage of 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 this life and uh overcoming and bringing yourself from the bad to the good in 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 your own life back to this idea of tikkun adam arishan we need to get back to this i this thing that adam arishan fell and he did not uh, you know finish off that job we are we are him finishing off that job. That's the best way I can say it. We are him finishing off the job. We are doing his him the uh, tikkun fixing, fixing yeah. what he did, making then, sure his plan worked, even though it wasn't supposed to go into the plan because Hashem told because Hashem told him not to. But now, after the fact, he ended up doing it. Let's at least at least make sure that uh, that the plan works out, and we chose more good. Than bad over the bad exactly and if we can do that then you got to the tikkun you see but we, the 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 this we we always trying to get back to the state of the tikkun right of fixing ourselves bringing over the, the good over the bad but um we always even after you get up to there we always, even people in history they got to very high level let's take the jews um Right after Harsinai, they experienced God's revelation, his mass revelation to close to three million people, which we're going to dedicate, you know, probably two podcasts just on, on Harsinai. Um, when they got to that level, right after that, we know they had the chet of the chet egel, the golden calf. So now it's, and they, you know, the, the measure says they were over the Avadazara. They did Avadazara. Now it's, very when we talk about these things it's very important to note that when we call them of of Davidazar, we're talking about the people that were on, on such a high level, an incredible level, that we cannot understand how high, they they just experienced God's revelation. So when we call them of Davidazara, it's relatively meaning mm-hmm. a good muscle I heard from Reb Nagershal is that um you know you had always the stories always go from the shtetl in Europe that there was like Moshele the Ganov, this, this, yeah. that, that evil guy in the shtetl. The one guy. Every shtetl, there was one guy. Who... <laughs> yeah, according to the stories, right? Yeah. That guy, and he had, he was ruthless. He had no heart, this guy. He would steal from the widow. He would steal from the orphans. He's just a mean guy. He's that yeah. one guy in the in the shtetl that everyone called him Moshele the Ganov. So yeah, Moshele the Ganov, everyone knows he's a bad guy. And then let's skip to a total different scenario, total... We go to Auschwitz in the middle of the war, the horror that's happening there. And there is this young boy, his name is Maishi, right? And he's walking there. He didn't eat for four or five days already. 
Nothing. The kid is starving. He got beaten up. He has been sleeping. He's, he's, he's working day and night. He's going through Auschwitz. Okay. What do I need to say more than that? And then I'm just making an imaginary scenario. And then a guy is walking next to him, another yid, broken yid, and he's holding a fresh loaf of bread that he just got somehow. Then Moishi sees Moishele, the kid from Auschwitz, sees it. He grabs it out of the guy's hand because he smelled that aroma of the bread. He grabs it and he runs to some corner and gobbles it. Okay? Is this Moishi from Auschwitz, Moishele, is, is he a Ghanav? Uh, I mean, I would say, yeah, he stole. Right? And Moishele, the Ghanav, let's go back to that mean guy from the shtetl. Is he a Ghanav? He's also a Ghanav. Yeah, he's a, he's I mean, a, for sure, for sure. It. He's a Ghanav. So look, we're calling them both Ghanavs. Obviously, there's a Ghanav and there's a Ghanav, right? Yeah. We call the it's on their level. Let's put it that way. We call them the Eagle Obviously, always important to note. I had to say this on their level, of course. Now, what was so terrible that they did? What was the Cheta Eagle? So again, talking about um, as we started the episode about more Esti. Uh, teaching us stuff, uh, other Mauritian in kindergarten. So back to more Esti. She taught us that what happened to Chet Egel, the Jews saw that Moshe is not coming. And then they threw all their gold in the fire and then a, a little golden calf and they were doing like, ooh, ooh, Zara. And they were all <laughs> jumping up and drumming and ooh, monkeys. And there are a We need to take that. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm just saying it for the sake of Mamash Chas It's, not only the Lahavdil, billions of Avdalas, right? We need to get away from kindergarten right now of that image that we had. Uh, to, to make it, I mean, to make a very long story short, basically the, in the Mishkan, part of the Shekhinah, there's four parts Sufim. I'm going like crazy over here, but there, one of the, there's different faces that each one resembles something else. And one of them is a shore, is an ox. Okay. And they felt they had a whole cheshben. What is the right, appropriate time for Ashra Sashkin and, and which, which face? Okay. I'm, I know I'm saying talking half gibberish, but that there was, uh, they, they knew in their calculation, they had a perfect calculation to understand that that was the time for the Ashra Sashkin, for the uh, divine pre- uh, uh, presence to, to be dwelling about, upon Kal Yisrael. That was the right time. And Moshe Rabbeinu didn't show up. Now, so obviously there's some confusion. The, the Yitzhahara showed the, the, the bed of Moshe Rabbein. There was some co- emotional confusion over there. They had a calculation, and that's why a golden calf came out in the, as resembling the part of the shore. Okay? Again, that's a big idea, but I'm just showing you how deep the calculations. Now, why am I saying this? Look at this. Throughout history, we're still... Even when you get on such a high level, some people deal with the lowest of the lowest, you know, with, as they say, you know, dirt over the internet and things like that. And people are caught in, in the lowest, in the lowest fight between good and bad. They're not even getting to the higher levels of battles between good and bad. To the harder struggles. There is, le- that, like it says, um, Anyone that's, you're bigger than your friend, your Yetzirah, your evil inclination gets even bigger, right? Because you're fighting a bigger battle. So I'm not talking about people that are fighting these very low battles. Again, 
they have a, a terrible battle, but it, they're busy with the lowest of the lowest, right? We're talking about people that were, they're having a calculation. Look how high level they are. And what's their mistake? They just didn't listen to Hashem. Hashem told them that they needed to make for Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was late. He didn't come after the 40 days, right? So they had the perfect calculation. Like Adam Arishan, didn't he have an awesome calculation over here? I'm going to put the good and bad inside me. Anyways, Hashem wants me to earn. That's why I could earn more. More and more. Perfect calculation? Yep. Perfect. Also over here, look, they got, it says also in the Medrash that in Harsina, they got almost to the level of Adam Rishon before the Chet. It was such a high level. And yet, what is the mistake they're making? In both stories, they just didn't listen to they Hashem. They just didn't listen to Hashem. So we, even when we got to such a high level, we still stumbled upon this mistake of Adam Rishon. We still didn't do the Tikkun. That's why from there on, it just went down the hill in, in a way. Because they were on such a high and then the, the, this this tragedy happened, and we call them Avdav Zar. That's how harsh on their level, of course, like we said with the story of Moshele. Now, so now that we figured out what's our tikkun, what do we need to, like, what's the battle between the good and bad is always to get, now that we have the good and bad internally, we need to just use this life. And like you said with the Gilgulim, you have... You know, you know the famous YOLO. You know what YOLO stands for? The yogurt here. You, yeah, the yo, the yogurt. It's it's called YOLO. You only YOLO. live once. Yeah, you only live once, right? So that's a in in Jewish perspective, it sounds like the worst thing ever. Meaning, you only live once. Go eat, enjoy, yalla, as they say, right? Yeah. Sounds terrible, YOLO. No. So I just I I have a way to fix it and and like make it work according to Judaism. You need to you need to make sh- sure, like we were saying you before, with the Gilgulim, make sure you only live once. You only live once. Exactly. <laughs> if, if you don't eat the yogurts, you're gonna only live <laughs> once. I'm joking. Uh, In a way, enjoy yeah, a good but... yogurt every now and then, but that shouldn't be the main focus of your life. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's a, a nice Paris Yolo. You only live once in this Gilgul, but I'm saying. It's part of this idea of Adamarishim. That's why it's so important. I think this idea of Adamarishim is so important to grasp and I understand because it's going to help you on every day. You're going to be a lot more focused on what you need to do, on saying to yourself, wait, I have now an opportunity. You're taking this world in as an opportunity. You understand? I, when, when I understood this, I, it gave me such a, so much help with the struggle between when a person does an Avera, right? So we feel very low and we can get very depressed and like, and we immediately hurt our self-confidence and say, I, I can't do this. I'm such an idiot. Why am I doing this? This idea can help you. If you look at it more as uh, Avera, obviously it's, you didn't listen to Hashem. But if you look at it as missing opportunity, you have an opportunity. What is an Avera? It's not taking advantage of the opportunity. And going against God's will, you're going against God's will, meaning God put in an option of going and choosing the good. That's the greatest opportunity you have to earn, right? You took that opportunity and you, you lost it. You threw it to the garbage, right? And you missed the opportunity. That's what you should feel after an Avera. Not depressed. You should feel like, ugh, I missed it. I'm going to try again. I'm going to do immediately tshuva. Like there's a very famous Ramam. The Ramam says, if a person did a, a, a an Avera, and most, most, most of errors, if you do immediately 
the three things, Harata, Vidui, and Kabbalah La'asid, you regret it, you admit that what you did, and you accept upon yourself that you won't do it again, immediately the Ramam says you're a Tzaddik. You're going to need Kapara, depends on the Avera. But immediately, once you did that, you, again, there's a whole explanation on itself, because you moved yourself, at least in your mind, you moved yourself away from that act, Immediately you're a tzaddik. Yes, you need a kapara, but you're a tzaddik. Why? Because that's how you should look at it. Like, ah, I missed this opportunity. But you know what? I'm standing up, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna succeed I'm gonna next go time. Try again, yeah. Depression obviously won't help the story over here. It's just gonna make it worse. Definitely. So it's all going back to this idea of Odomarishon. After he made that decision. After aftermath that he did bring the good and bad internally, and we have this much bigger Nisayon now, right? We don't know exactly how it would be without this, because we only know the aftermath. But we know that the aftermath is really, really hard, right? He got that's part of the curse that he got cursed, and Chava and Anachash, right? They, we we came into not an ideal situation. We came to a much much harder situation. When the good and bad is inside of us. He knew it. He knew it. Just he wanted to. He had a cheshpan. He had a certain calculation. And the answer to it is. You just you, know, you should have listened. That was on. Before the, the math. Now that we're after math. Now we're that. We are Adam Arishon. After the chait. So we, our job is right now. That internally to turn your whole body into good. That brings us to another um, <clears throat> idea which also we should discuss towards the end when we talk about close to Olam Haba, but the, you, you heard of the idea of Tchias Amesim, right? Yeah. What is Tchias Amesim? That it, we have a promise from the Torah, from the Nevi'im. It's all over. It's a very dramatic promise, <clears throat> right? There's a whole, the, the beginning of the chapter in Sanhedrin, Perak Helik, is extensively saying, bringing all the sources and whoever doesn't believe in it, it's a big deal. So it's a, it's a, it's it's a very big deal in Judaism to believe to this God's promise that there will be a certain point that the the dead will revive. Now, what's the big idea? I just want to mention it over here because it directly has to do with other Mauritian story. What why why is it so essential that this that that there's a promise that the dead will revive? So without going too deep into it, there must the Ramchal explains that the point. That our bodies, everyone, everyone's gonna die. Sounds dramatic, no? Everyone is gonna die and then live. Not necessarily people think they're you're just gonna die forever. No, no, no. Revive. The whole point is yes, amazing. Not, the point is not the dying over here. The point thing is getting up. But then why do you need to die if your anyway is gonna get back up after? Oh, exactly. That's the question over here. I don't understand what's the idea. If the guy is a good man, a good tzaddik, like why do you need to kill him and bring him back? doesn't make sense. Don't kill him and then you won't need to bring him back. Right. And so it sounds like a very interesting idea that everyone needs to die and then get up. What is this, a game? Uh, if you understand the story of Adam Rishon, what did he do? He put the, he nourished himself with the eight sadas. And he put it inside the body. Now the good and bad became internal. If you want to go back, I mean, in Olam Haba, we go back to the state of before the chait. So what do you need to do? It's the reality that your body has the good and bad inside of it. Yeah, it so, it so happened. If, so if you kill, 
if you die and then Hashem gives, you know, gives your life back so he could give you the life back without the good and bad internal. You'll be deconstructed. And we're not going to live, when you wake up, you don't live in, you live up to to the next stage. Or we're going to discuss Olam Haba. I know this sounds very spooky. But is, is there going to be another tree of knowledge? No, after it's over. It's over. God is very fair. He gave us the Shoot. game. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> it's over because God gave us uh, uh, a game in this what in whatever we recognize. And God said, "You do the game. You earn it. It's yours." He's not going to take it away from you because that was his whole plan. His whole plan that you should earn your own thing. That not that he needs to give you. That's not part of the plan. We said that's a very good thing that God would just give you for free, but you're worthless. The whole plan over here that you're going to earn your own. So once you earned, it's yours. That's all. That's God's will. You own it. Like you own it. Last episode, yeah. That's right. That goes back. So now, after we get to this idea of Tchiyas Amesim, now you understand. Now, Tchiyas Amesim, suddenly, we can tap into it a little bit. We, it makes a lot more sense that God needs to deconstruct the whole body, to start it from scratch, finish it, because this body is blemished. Finish it up, and now bring it to an, in a perfect form to the next step, to the step of the reward. Now, if this sounds way above, way too high, um, let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to the original idea of bringing the good over the bad. You see, um, outside of Judaism, many, many other religions, the way they look at saint as holy, as someone that's holy, is someone that distances himself from this world. From the physical stuff. From the physical aspects of the world, exactly. That he's totally spiritual. He's a way, like you see by Christians, uh, the nuns wouldn't get married. And, uh, you know, by the Hindus or the Buddhas, you see that they, they basically say that this whole world is just a distraction for you to get to your inner self or whatever. But you know, Like you have the famous rubrics like Fanger story said he was also used to go to Buddhists for six months. You don't talk. Right. Like even talking, you know. That's bad. They take that. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah you're right? not allowed to talk for it's six a, months. It's just a distraction. Like, yeah. They view this world, the physical world, as just a distraction, something bad. That's when it's, as in itself, is a, is a, is a problem, okay? We're not going to discuss it now. What's the problem we have with, that? that's the main problem that we have with, with Buddhism. But we we come from a totally different angle. We're the opposite. We're saying this world is you ha- is an opportunity. You can take this world that on one hand, yes, it could be a distraction. This world could definitely, every aspect in this world could distract. You can use the talking for horrible things. You can use um, intimacy for horrible things. You can use eating for the horrible, for, for bad things. You can use everything in this world for a horrible thing. But... You look at it as an opportunity. You could. Like you, the back to this, back and forth, the Hitler and the good people, right? The whole list, I was having a battle with this guy of how many better people in the world are worse. We look at it totally the opposite. You, ha- everything in this world is not a, dis- is meant there for an opportunity. Go and grab it and bring up. 
the the this physical world to spiritual. Why? The Ramchal goes further. Ramchal, when he talks about Adam Rishon, he says, "Let's not forget what is Adam Rishon made out of." He's made out of two components. And on one hand, we have the animals. Animals, basically, they're just given, right? They they came here, God gave them life. They eat grass, hopefully have a good life, and go away, right? On the other hand, Lahabdil, you have angels, which are a spiritual being. that They fulfill God's will, okay? God has Nothing a mission physical. for them. All spiritual, and they go ahead and do it all the way to the physical. But that's the the angel has a test to do God's will. Okay, so now they don't. So that's a total spiritual being, and the animal is a total physical being. Total humans. Everyone knows this. What's crazy about us? I would use the word crazy because that's it's a real. That's where the whole story starts. We are made out of those. Two components. We are made out of a physical body and a spiritual being. Neshama, what we call. And e- and each one of them is pulling us to different directions. Exactly. So the human within his nature is in a struggle. We are a messed up. <laughs> yeah. The, the body pulling up. us to our beds and then the spiritual part pulling us to the shul. Messed and up being. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. No, but that is the being. Why? Because that's the whole, uh, in order to get to this real fight, this fair fight, you need to what? You need to get to the, to the point that you're going to bring up your, you have two options to go. You can bring up that physical body, that animal inside you and bring it up and make it, this is the big idea over here, make it, turn it into a spiritual being. You're bringing up to your spiritual part of you. You can use all those animalistic things. Don't ignore it. Up. Like, let's say food. You could take it and you know you say the bracha before and after. You eat only kosher. So on this yontav, way, you eat. You you yeah. Uh, you have a good time on yontav. Yeah. To honor the Shabbos. Basar v'yayin. Right. Yeah. And everything in this world. Everything in this world. There was there was a. Uh, in the, if I'm not mistaken, in the Sefer Havikuach, in the, in the book of the dispute by the Rambam, so, by the Ramban, sorry. So the Ramban, he was in Spain, and they, the, the king made, made him have an argument with, uh, a dispute, uh, with, uh, with the church. And Bikitzer is a long story, what happened there, but basically, whatever, what happened at the end, the Rambam was, uh, he obviously won. <laughs> And they couldn't take the law, so they said, and they made an agreement that he's not allowed to write down any of the debate, okay? Any of the dispute. So now what happened, they came out of the dispute and they, they were telling everyone, we won, we won, and we crushed uh, the Ramban, we got him, we got him, we got him. And the Ramban felt it, was, it would be Bikhil Hashem. So he went and he wrote the whole entire back and forth, the whole dispute. Genius. He wrote the whole dispute, the whole back and forth, so everyone will know exactly what happened there. But since, you know, he, it was against the agreement, so they, they convinced the king to send him away. The king did like the Ramban, but, uh, that's when they sent him away. (laughs) That's when, uh, they sent him, uh, they, they sent him out of Spain. That's how we know he came to, to Israel, Egypt, Israel. 
That's you know the Ramban shul in the old city. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, why am I saying all this? Because uh, in the dispute, the Ramban was explaining this idea. I think they were talking about Jewish. Uh, how does Judaism look at relations? And um, the Ramban was saying that that's one of the holiest of the holiest things in Judaism is relations. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I remember the the king of Spain replied to it. He was like. That's very interesting. Like he said something like, I never thought about that. Like surprising, yeah. Because it's so far from them that we're going to take these things that seem to be like the most abused things in the world, the most physical, to physicality, so physical, so low, so animalistic. And by us, we can turn it into the holiest of the holiest of the holiest. It's what brings life to the world. It's, it's, it's such a holy thing. Because... This is, we're doing that tikkun. That's how that tikkun works. Is you take that animal part from you, and hopefully that's what should have happened. It should have happened with Adam Arishon before the chet. He should have kept on doing the mitzvahs, not eating from the etzadas, and bring up his body, his physical body, to boop all the way to spirituality. It says by Adam Arishon that his legs were on the earth and his head was in the sky. What does it mean? It means that you remember if you said you remember at the beginning we said everything worked perfectly, meaning he his spiritual and physical were both in like perfect states. That's what he's down to earth and he was up there in the sky at the same time. That's what it says in the Medrash. It's one of the understandings of the Medrash. So, so kind of what like what would the world look like today if he wouldn't eat from the knowledge tree, the tree of knowledge? That is a very good question. So, um, we know that it won't look like, sorry for this uh, cheesy answer, but it won't look, it wouldn't look like it looks like today, obviously. Because in a world that the good and bad is external, which was the world of Adam Arisha, and it could have been, it would be a very interesting world. It sounds boring to us, but it was a, it could have been the most interesting world in, uh, in the world. <laughs> Most interesting <laughs> world in the world, yeah. It, it, that that's uh, just like our world is is very interesting. That world could be very interesting. You can add all kinds of sprinkles and everything you want to it, right? Point is that the big difference was is only this point of the good and bad inside of us. That is that's and pay attention that that's what's the most fascinating thing about this world, this inner struggle. That people have with the good between the good and bad internally. That is our 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 big deal. I I mean I don't need a you don't need to prove it to someone. You just every person knows very very well that he has this crazy struggle between good and bad. Unfortunately, there are people that don't want to admit that there is good and bad in the world. They say no no everything just happens, it just occurs right. That's Kind of a lot of the atheism that they say it's just, it's everything is random. Coincidence. Coincidence. And you don't really have good and bad. I had many arguments with people that, um, they hold that no, don't define anything into good and bad. So that's what we're going to have in the next, uh, podcast where we're going to define good and bad. So we're going to talk more after we learned that other Mauritian has a struggle between good and bad. Let's try. To define good and bad. We're going to try to define good and bad and understand. And then if we can understand what good and bad is, once we defined it, 
then maybe it will help us to fight the war, recognize what's good, recognize what's bad, and hopefully do this tikkun of elevating ourselves, bringing ourselves from this low animalistic part of us, bring it so high. That's an incredible thing just to think of, bringing it so high like we... Thank God we have a lot of great examples. There's also examples, like we said, of people did the opposite. Brought the spiritual part down. Down completely till you didn't. They, they were they turned into complete animals. Maybe even worse. Not maybe for sure. Even worse because it's much worse than an animal. An animal is just an animal. He, yeah, he doesn't have a choice. He didn't do anything. If you have the choice to, you turn have, yourself. Then you're yeah, an earned you're like, animal. Nope, <laughs> no chance. I want to be an animal. So yeah, it's. Uh, but it's also kind of what we were talking before. I once heard, forgot who the rabbi was, but we were saying before with Gilgulim, and we're in this Gilgul to fix some, you know, sometimes you feel, you know, there's that one thing that you're always struggling with. So he said, even if davening's going well and learning's going well and you do so much chesed and mitzvot and Allah and everything's going perfect, there's just that one small thing like Rebbe was saying before that, mm, that just, just never happens. So... Either you could say, oh, look, this guy davened three times a day. You know, he wakes up for Vasikin every day and he daven, goes to the mikveh and says the whole tehillim before shachris and davens, uh, you know, learns for five hours a day and so much chesed and gives tens of thousands of dollars to tzedakah and opens organizations. But himitzidot, don't, like, don't let that blind you away from that one small thing. Cause like we were saying, it could be that all these stuff you fixed in past Gilgulim, and now there's just that one last mm-hmm. thing that you need to, right. that you came back to the world to fix. So if you're not going to fix it, yes, you did so much great stuff, but if you're not going to fix that last thing, you might come back again, which that won't be fun. We don't want that. Yes, keep on doing all those amazing stuff. Keep on being great, but if you notice that one small thing that's not going so well, don't let the things that are going well like blind you away from your true challenge and attack that the hardest yeah because could be that that's the reason you're here in the world so then that's very good homework that we can take out of this podcast very good homework of go and find that one thing i mean especially i think especially for younger people i think older people kind of figured it out more or less unless the guys like so not aware of his life, but any person that does a little bit of nefesh, any person that's thinking about his moves in life, is really trying to figure out life, is really taking and looking at his moves in his life. When you get older, the older you get, the more clear it becomes to you your areas of weakness and just invest everything into there. Everything into there. Uh, it's um, I remember where I heard this story. It could be from my rabbi. I don't remember, I heard it from someone very important in my life. I can't remember right now who it was that he said that he knew a person that used to, that he, no one knew what that struggle is, but he had one very big struggle in his life. And he was, he was a great, he was a big tzaddik, but he had one struggle in his life. I don't know what it was. And anytime he had like a nice breakthrough through that big struggle in his life, he would make a party. That's where I need to invest, like exactly this point that you're saying. So homework, if you're not, if it's not clear to you, try to figure it out, make it clear to you, and that will help us uh, very, you know, uh, to get to the, to the tikkun. So just to conclude with this beautiful homework, 
let's conclude this ep- this episode and um and uh let's go over what we spoke till now so we started off with this idea that adam Rishon came here to this world and he's the first man and obviously we had hashem had to make an earning system for him let's call it so you had to make a fair game that adam Rishon would struggle now the problem we had with this was what will be the struggle he he's all good we said the world was all working together was all good so where will be his struggle okay so we said god gave him to keep the gan eden and guard it so we asked that's still not a struggle so much between good and bad like why wouldn't he do it why wouldn't he listen to god then we started talking about etzadas what is etzadas is a tree that nourishes you with the opportunity to Put the good and bad inside you. Now I'm saying opportunity. That's how Adam Rishon looked at it. Adam Rishon, his desire to it was, we said, not like he sees an apple and he's like, ah, I want this apple. Chas v'shalom, to think that's that's what we understood. In kindergarten, obviously it was, it was the most important thing that, you know, that we're still dealing with it, but that he saw uh, this putting the good and bad inside of him internally he saw it as an opportunity he says if i put it inside me and i yet still go and do the good i'll earn a lot more and that was an incredible desire for him on the other hand what was the struggle hashem told him not now you see this crazy fight that adam Rishon had and then we asked you know what would you do in adam Rishon's situation we said that's a funny question why because we did it we are part of adam Rishon, and there was a world before Eitzadas, and there's the world after. And the world after we know very, very well. We know how it works. We know that we're still struggling with the good and bad inside of us. And our job is, we then we get to this, talk about this idea of tikkun. What you need to do is you have this good and bad parts of you, and you need to bring the good over the bad, and then you're going to hopefully do what Adam Rishon, after his mistake, after his mistake not listening to God, at least then you're going to bring him back to the state because you're going to make your body all good. Almost. Till the point of Tchiasamesim. That's why we said it's still not going to be perfect unless Hashem finishes the body and deconstruction, then it's totally finished. Then it's totally metukan. It's totally fixed. Our mistake that we made at the beginning of Damarishim. And then we sp- we said, you know, that's a big idea over here. Of you brought this point of Gilgal, right? That you basically, with Hashem's mercy, he gives you chances, but we don't know how much those chances in this world to come back and try to fix your major issue. And that's another point that we said that. You'll, as you grow in life, you realize there's one or two, there's one or two, there's a certain area that you're really struggling. Put all your money into there because you know that is probably your tikkun. That, I'm like, I'm adding, it's like, came out common sense, right? When you're struggling with something that's obviously bad, that's where you should put all your money into. I think it's pretty simple. It's not a, such a big chiddush, but it's something that we should pay attention to. And we got to this idea that you said, you know, brought us this idea of thinking of homework. You know, good homework could be as go if you still didn't figure out what you're really struggling with, go find and then hopefully do this tikkun of elevating your animal part all the way up to spirituality. That's crazy. Because then you become more than an angel because you're you're an earned person. And we know that there's people the opposite. They brought themselves then worse than animals, right? A guy like Hitler 
we always bring him, but because uh, he's an extreme case, a person that took any part of human inside him and turned himself into much worse than he. He's like an earned animal. He's an animal with, with the worst of the worst of the worst. He chose to be such a low person. He brought all of his great spiritual... Think about he he has a spiritual part of it and bring it and completely getting rid of it. That's we're gonna when we talk about Olam Haba, that's gonna be a big game. This idea, and we said the next um, podcast we need to dedicate on defining good and bad. And we were talking the whole time, struggle, good, bad, good, bad. Let's define good, bad. So stay tuned. Thank you very, very much, Israel, for thank you, Rebbe, thank you very having much this. for everyone who listened. Thank you. Alrighty, well that is it for today. Hope you guys were able to learn something new. Hope you guys were able to put something in your pocket for life, as we like to say here on the Foundations Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day, and see you again next week.